0: What is going on? This is Michael Hacker with the Hacker Outdoors podcast. Today, I'm joined by Brian and Joey, who discuss the intricacies of trying to find a daily driver that can act as an adventure vehicle. And Joey gives us an update and some tips on finding bass this season. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review, give us a like and a follow. As a heads up, we've also launched our new blog site at hackeroutdoors.wordpress.com. Check back for some short form writing and reviews on gear travel and everything else you'd love to hear about. Without further ado, let's dive right in so cool we are live ladies and gentlemen welcome to the hacker outdoors podcast i am joined today with brian uh joseph is eating lobster cakes and prime rib i believe uh looked quite delicious (laughs) he will be here momentarily uh we are jumping in because we are behind schedule because joe decided to have a feast for his mother's birthday happy birthday judy um You know, I would like to say that that's not usually allowed, not on recording days, but we'll make an exception, I guess, maybe, perhaps. (laughs) Brian's shaking his head. Um, So, welcome, Brian. Hey, how's it going, guys? Well, I'm going
1: to rock and roll,
0: rocking and rolling, baby. So, You know, we were talking a little bit before I went and hit that record button here today, and uh, we're talking about adventure vehicles. I was reading an article on, I don't remember if it was um, Adventure Magazine or something to that effect, and they were talking about a guy who was a Tundra, uh, not a Tacoma owner. I think I sent you the article. And he was tired of it. He said that it was a vastly underpowered machine. He loved the idea of it because it looks cool, um, but it just missed marks in so many spots. Now, as an avid outdoorsman, uh, you and I, or I should say, as we are avid outdoorsmen we have always talked about getting Tacomas and we just can't bring ourselves to spend the money on it, right? Even a used one, uh, they just knock a couple thousand dollars off of the brand new price. So not worth it in my opinion for something that's a little bit of a dog as far as power goes. Um, and the guy in the article said that, you know, he, he went to the only vehicle or company that he could think of that kind of checked off all his boxes, minus the fact that they didn't have a pickup and that was Subaru. And you and I are both big Subaru guys. Um, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, I take that with a grain of salt. I never thought I would say that. Um, I'm sure you probably would have never thought that as well for yourself, maybe a WRX, but you know, I have a Forester, you have a Crosstrek and, I we've always talked a little bit about how we wish there was something a little bit different than them right like when you look at these rally mm-hmm. edition cars and trucks they just look so sweet um, but I, I did see today they're coming out with a wilderness sub brand so it's going to be um, an outback a forester version and then a crosstrek version and these are a little bit Offered modified uh, vehicles. It's going to be a sub-brand, like I said, so you can get this as, like, think uh, Jeep Rubicon, right? But in the Subaru world, they look pretty cool from the spy photos. Um, I'm not going to share that because I don't want them to be dinged, but what I will, I will do is I will link to one of the stories in the show notes so you can take a look for yourself. I got to ask, Brian, uh, is that something that you would do? I know you're up for a new vehicle somewhat in the near future.
1: Yeah, so... I funny enough, I, I've been doing a lot of uh, digital car shopping. let's call it that. Uh, and you know, like, like everybody that that's an outdoorsman or does outdoor activities and likes to advance a little bit. We, we all gravitate towards the uh, let's say crossover through full-size pickup range. And uh, yeah, everyone just has their own tastes on what they like, what, what looks good to them. Um, and I, I recently had a conversation with a friend of mine who, who just got a, a new pickup truck. Um, uh, they went full size for, with, with a, um, with a Ford F-150. Um, I think it's a, I think it's the FX4 version, which is their sport sport kind of off-road model. Um, but we were talking about how the, the new Bronco has the right idea. And I'm, you know, and this this new Subaru take, I think, is on, a, is on the same pathway that the Bronco is taking. Now, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about the Bronco, but the Bronco has this package called the Sasquatch package, where yeah. for four grand, four grand, I'm sorry, on any model in their line. So from the baseline all the way to the top of the line, you can add an off-road package, skid plates, big tires, big knobby tires, you know, uh, Tow hooks, kind of whatever makes your car look aggressive. Um, and I, I remember when I first saw that, you know, I guess it was last spring now uh, when people were pre-ordering them. I said, that's that's the great idea. That's what people should be doing because you, you, me, for example, I, I have a, a Cross Trek Sport, you know, it's fully loaded. It's got the, you know, all the bells and whistles on it, but it doesn't have big knobby tires. And, you know, I, I think it worked it probably better than my Wrangler did in, in snow and in you know loose terrain. Um, but I do wish it had more aggressive tires and more aggressive, let's say, uh, uh, wheel wells and you know just kind of a little more appearance. aggressive stance. Yeah, yeah. appearance. Um, functionality wise, I think the the car's a goat and it goes anywhere. Um, but I think what we're gonna see is a a, a big push to to what what subaru is doing now with this you know what they're going to call it the wilderness package which i think they will um i think we're gonna see a big push in that direction and, and it's funny that you mentioned that i actually just saw that the um you know i was told with the idea of, of switching a pickup truck and getting a ford ranger the ranger has a new package called the tremor or something like that i think that's it yeah and uh my, my take yeah, my and it's the same idea. It's just like a super aggressive, almost like the Raptor type package where everything's just made to look a lot more aggressive, lifted a little bit, big tires. And uh, to to be completely honest with with you know all our fans and listeners, you you honestly don't need all the bells and whistles to to have an off roader. Um, no, I I promise you. You know, I've I've been in two feet of snow and just rolled right around people in in my little hatchback I had for quite a few years. Um, yeah. Just because I knew how to drive in snow, you know that's, that's worth mentioning too. But cars are fun, like all the toys we like, and uh, you know, appearance packages and, and whatnot. I think I think that's the way that a lot of these companies are going to go, um, and I'm all for it. No, I think that's a that's a very good point. Um, I,
0: you know, we we like to think that an all-terrain vehicle and you know an off-road vehicle. Uh, Truck of some sort is the holy grail of of outdoor vehicles, right? Like something that you could take camping. Um, uh, My first Subaru was the Subaru uh, uh, Impreza hatchback, right? So stock, nothing on it. And where we used to fish a lot, there are some bombed out roads and they're just dirt roads with massive, muddy holes in them. And this thing tackled those roads like there was nothing wrong with it. I remember there was a blizzard um, the first winter that I had that car and I was driving um, back from work. There was, I was on the highway and I'm next to a woman in a, it was, I want to say it was a Lexus, what is 470. It's like the Toyota Land Cruiser version of the Lexus. And uh, she was having trouble driving. Like she kept spinning out and spinning out and spinning out and here I am just kind of along her in my tiny little Subaru and having no problems at all. I didn't skid out. I didn't have, you know, massive amounts of snow coming down and they hadn't, you know, done anything to the road yet. And I had no problems at all. And I just was laughing a little bit and I said, knowing what it is, how to drive is half the battle, right? Like the other half is having a vehicle that's capable of it. And um, Subaru, I think gets a lot of things right. Um, I, you know, the coolness factor I don't think is necessarily there. I love the new um, Ford Ranger. I couldn't justify spending that much for a pickup truck. Once you start to add in four wheel drive, once you start to add in some of the extra features, you start to say, why am I doing this, right? Yeah. Okay, great. You start at 19,000, but once you start adding in everything else, you're looking at spending $40,000 on a small pickup truck. And then you say, okay, well, if I'm going to spend $40,000 on this, why don't I just spend 50 on an F-150, you know, F by four. Yeah. And then go, and then when you do that, you're like, well, let me just spend $10,000 more on a brand new Raptor because Mm -hmm. it's all fake money anyway, right? No, not. i'm just saying that's something
1: that goes through your head i don't necessarily think that way i think that's kind of insane um with all incentives you can you can get into a full-size f-150 fx4 for under 45 grand and then for a fully loaded let's say uh which is the equivalent um uh ranger i forget the model what the model name is but it's like it's similar it might be the fx4 as well but uh you're looking at like 40 grand for that same exact car. And it's, it's half the car. So it's like, why, why don't you just go with the F one hundred and fifty at that point? I agree. The car, the car markets really, they're, they're playing with stuff here. And now Ford's putting out the mini truck finally, which mean you've been talking about for years, the Maverick. And uh, once again, there's spy photos out and I'm not a fan. I I, I was excited about it at first, but now that I see what it's going to be. Well, it's like um, the Bronco. I was super excited for the Bronco
0: and they, they missed the mark on it in my opinion i saw it on the highway the other day and i said this is this is it this is this is the bronco that everyone yeah. has been so excited for and i love the old bronco i love mm-hmm. even the 90s broncos man like those monsters yeah. you know gas guzzlers but like this thing is not the bronco that we wanted i i even the sasquatch edition i it's not what mm-hmm. i wanted it's not what you know, I'm, I'm not a big Ford guy. I'm not a big Chevy guy. I, I like cars in general. I like the ideas of cars. I like classic cars. Um, you know, and I love trucks and it, it doesn't matter what it is. I just don't like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, we get to, we can talk about our cars, uh, shortly. I, my, my chief complaint with, with the Subaru Crosstrek, which I know a lot of adventure people enjoy the Subarus and cross and, and, uh, foresters and um I've recommended it to quite a few people actually. Um and you know and this is people are people are shopping for cheap Wranglers and and uh and you know even up to let's say a um Toyota um forerunner and they, they would ask me about this this car and I tell them I was like I get 37 miles to gallon and I've never worried about sliding out in snow and I drive up in the middle of the Blizzard to go snowboarding. Where I drive out to, you know, down the shore to to go surf during hurricanes, and, and there's never a concern in my head. Um, my yeah. only complaint was power, and we, me, and you have talked about this about h- yeah. how the get-up-and-go power. It's it's like I'm sure most people have driven a Honda Civic. It's like a Honda Civic without the VTEC. <laughs> you just don't have that little extra oof to it. You get there. Yeah. Now, the new ones. That, that are out now. They do have uh, they added turbo, so you can get the uh, on the awesome cross Yeah, T- turbo, turbocharged. Yeah, I did see so, that.
0: Now there's th- now that's an added, um, and like an add-on, right? Uh, that so that's a higher mm-hmm. model. If I uh, if I remember correctly, the rumor is is that the Wilderness Edition is going to have a souped-up engine. Um, it should include that turbocharger, uh, or I believe that's what they were saying, um, but. You know, it's all just rumors at this point. We will have to wait and see when they announce it. I did get an email from Subaru earlier today. Um, Subaru did say a wild new Outback is coming. Uh, They do have a world premiere event on March 30th. And you can go on their website to sign up to see the first reveal of this new Outback. Um, You know, the pictures, you kind of get a little little glimpse of some cool styling. You can tell it's definitely lifted. Uh, It looks like there are... I wouldn't call them off-road tires, but a little beefier tires on there and they're uh, Yokohama tires. So, you know, some very nice tires. You have Yokohama on yours, don't you? Mm-hmm, I do. They all come with them. I, I replaced mine when I needed new tires. Um, I wish I stuck with the Yokohama. I thought that they were great tires in general. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so if you're all interested in that, definitely check out uh just check out Super's website and see, and then you know, we'll link to some cool things on there as well. Um, I, my, I get a lot of slack or you know, crap. I'll say for for my Forester, right? It's kind of for a while there, it was like we we're driving kind of like a minivan. It's not a real SUV. My first truck was a uh, was a Chevy Blazer, and I hated it because well, I loved it because it was super comfortable. I hated it because it wasn't oh. reliable. It was broken not all the all. time. And it had about, I think average was 10 miles per gallon in gas. And that's horrendous. I mean, like there's no reason in hell, but that thing could freaking had takeoff. It was a six cylinder, like beautiful freaking engine. Like you could get up to speed in no time at all. And that truck, I saved my buddy. We were we were screwing around off-roading a little bit and he, um, he had a souped up, Cheap uh, Cherokee, and it was lifted, massive freaking tires on it, you know, push bar, everything on it, uh, crazy lights, and it's it was a little snowy, and he got about three feet onto this little trail and got stuck, and just starts spinning and spinning and spinning, so. You know, we're young and stupid. We didn't have all the appropriate things for off-roading. And luckily, we weren't anywhere that was super remote. We probably would have been fine getting him out. So I come up behind him on the trail, and I basically just bumped him with my bumper and pushed him out. And my my truck was completely stock blazer, got him out of of the sticky mess. So, um, but the Forester doesn't have that kind of, I don't know, like the bumper is not very hardy. It's definitely plasticky. Um, you know, it's, but I, I do everything in it, man. Like I got my fishing rods in there almost all summer long. They're my, my fly rods in there right now. Right. Um, laying across the back and I got the roof rack last year that I put the canoe on and I never have any problems with that. Um, I've been averaging roughly 32 miles per gallon, which is great. Um, you know, around town sometimes dips down into the teens, but you know, high teens, like 19, um I'll deal with it. Uh you know, I'm you know not driving too much in this modern world, so yeah. this is what it is. Um, but yeah, if I were you, I'd I'd try and see what's coming out with this wilderness edition, man. Um, uh, I know you're you're up for a new one this summer, so hopefully they do your
1: you know, I know you don't want an outback, but no, it looks nice enough. I might. <laughs> and you never know, maybe maybe it will be out. You know, I think they're, they're doing more rapid production now on some of these new vehicles. Um, like I said, the the, the Ford uh, Maverick, they said it's already in production. They have like a spy photos that weren't even, um, you know, they weren't even camouflaged. It was just the, the car, the truck itself. And that's because it's ready for production. And I think a lot of companies are doing that now because, you know, they, they realize that they got to get things to production quicker because so many people are around and ready to get a new vehicle. Yep. you know and a lot of this these cars are produced in north america people don't realize that so they can produce it here and not have to put it on a storage you know shipping container and get it here um yeah it's huge um yeah you know looking
0: looking at cars is a slippery slope man yeah. i i was looking at the tundra i was like you know man i i had entered to win that black rifle coffee company uh, tundra and i think it was a uh, I forget what kind of bass boat it was, like a Nitro or something like that. And um, obviously didn't win because I would be telling everybody if I did. Um, but, you know, I was like, ah, damn, I, I lost. Like, let me just go look and see how expensive they are. And it's like, you know, you, you don't just want to stock, you know, every run of the mill Tundra, right? Like if you mm-hmm. do a Tundra, you want to do it right. You want to get the TRD. You want to like, i love the freaking matte green one that like only comes in one special edition and like when you add everything into it it was like 60 something thousand dollars and i'm like like well for like
1: yeah ten thousand dollars more
0: you go down that road so i don't
1: know yeah my my neighbor actually has uh his work truck's an f-150 and then his personal truck is a uh, the Chevy Colorado the one that's hooked up? I think it's called the ZR4. Um, and it, it's funny to me because, you know, usually if you're Ford, you stick with Ford. You know, for both. But he has uh, two young boys, and they have dirt bikes. And every weekend, they're loading up dirt bikes, the, the mountain bikes, the you know, fishing gear. You throw hunting gear back there. They're always flying down the street, going you know, going wherever adventure they going next. And yeah, it's, it's adventure vehicles, man. It's choose choose your choose your poison. You know, well, but,
0: you know, for, for what we do, right. Is I'll say we're young professionals, right. Even though we're kind of on the cusp of that of maybe not being young professionals mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> um, but you know, you don't, this is our everyday vehicle. We yeah. use it constantly. We, um, th- do you really want to have something that's uncomfortable, something that's just for off-roading? You kind of like, you have to balance that once again and say like, all right, It's got to be great on gas mileage because I'm going to use it on road trips, right? And a lot of the places that we go, if we're driving down the shore, that's, you know, an hour and a half, depending upon where we're going down the shore. If we're going up into the mountains, you're talking about, you know, depending upon where we're going, 45 minutes, I'm going to Lake George, you know, three hours, like, you don't want to be sitting in an uncomfortable car that's lifted, that has swampers on it, that's just loud, loud. noxious, bouncing all over the place, kind of like, you know, the, the, the Wrangler is so incredibly fun. And you have firsthand knowledge in this. And I know it because you know I had a my good friend had one. And um you're bounding along on the highway and it's just obnoxious. Like you just don't <laughs> you don't want to deal with it. And ladies and gentlemen, we have Joey McCormick ready to join us here. Um and speaking of Jeep owners, that's a Joey McCormick. Um so give him a minute here to join and we will cut yes.
1: here and go forward? but bro. Yeah, I was going to jump into the Wrangler stuff. Oh, cool. um, it, it, I, it was a great young man's car. I, I would never trade that experience for, for my life. Um, <laughs> Flying around in that car and, you know, but it was loud. Early yeah. days of, of having cell phones was tough, you know, because yeah. I, mean, the, the, I always had a soft top on, even with a hard top because I had a hard top too. It, the car was just loud. So we're talking on cell phones. You hear the, the wind, the wind noise. Joey will to talk about it too in a minute, but it's, uh, and it's not big. So even the two doors back then, cause mine was in early nineties. It, it, uh, I, I can't fit a surfboard in it. It was hanging out the back, even, even a short board.
0: So that's how I, how I damaged my first board, man. It was in the back of that Jeep and yeah. the wind You're hit right. it and it got crunched underneath the seat and had a bunch of, different dings in it that went right through that had to get repaired. This was like my third, third trip down the shore with that board.
2: Kook of the day. kook of the day. That's all. <laughs> <I will say. laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Joey McCormick, as I promised. Uh, Joe, we're talking to Venture Vehicles and uh, we are landing on the Jeep Wrangler. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, would you say that your Jeep, you have a four-door
2: SE, is it? I don't know. The model is a 2014 four-door Sport? I see. I don't know. I like it.
0: Yeah, Joe. Joe, point the camera down a little bit. Your half your head's missing. Oh boy. Oof. That better?
2: Wait, wait, yeah. Right. When you,
0: yeah, that's better. When you lean in, it it kind of cuts cuts off part of your face. There you go. There you look at that beautiful hair, man. I'm jealous.
2: It's a mane, oh. boys. It's a mane.
0: So you huh. you have this Jeep. Now you've been traveling, obviously, down to South Carolina and all over the place in it. Brian, you were you gonna say something, I'm sorry.
2: No,
1: no, so you go. There. I, I I I was gonna ask Joe because I mean we, we could talk about that too, about the driving around, but Joe's a perfect person to talk to this about uh, he had a taco at Tacoma for I did. But you Don't know that and now he has a four-door Wrangler. Well I comparison. got the Wrangler
2: for my daughter, to be quite honest. Yeah. I got it for my daughter. Um Oh yeah. The the taco is where it's at. Toyota's hands down. <laughs>
1: But do you do you feel like we were just Hands talking down. about
0: it? But we were talking about how we feel as though, and you hear a lot about it being underpowered. Um, you know, it's a great all-around vehicle; should last you forever. But a lot of guys are moving away from the taco, and yeah. they're doing. I have yanked
2: with that. Here is a story with the Tacoma I had, and I only had the four banger with the manual transmission. We had a back. We had a blizzard here. It was like three and a half feet of snow, and the guy down the street had a Tundra, and he. For some reason, to know how to correctly put it in four wheel drive, and he got that thing swamped. I yanked that thing out with a Tacoma with no problem. Just anybody saying they're underpowered, just
0: yeah. What about getting up to speed on the highway? I mean, if you have a
1: but with 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 the stick shift, because Chris Chris my friend Chris Kirk had had the the same same truck. He had the long bed though. I think it was a short. Um, I he did the same thing. Ago. Oh, long bed. He had the same thing, and it was it was because it was a, a manual. He was able to get it up to speed, and I think he he's able to low gear it to, to pull things with with the the, the shifter. So maybe, maybe Joe has has a point here, but I don't Dude, know that, if you can get can you that even four get banger the new ones? blue.
2: Yeah, you can get the new ones manual uh-huh. with,
1: with manual. Oh, okay. I didn't. I thought they discontinued the that, six like cylinder with the
2: manual. Nope. Nope. Still have it. My buddy's about to buy a new one, um, with the manual, fully loaded six cylinder. All uh, manual transmission.
1: Toyotas. Um,
2: Technically, me and you have Toyotas. Like.
1: Techno- well, but it's can't a partnership with them, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, well, from from his mouth to your ears, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Is, <laughs> first-hand knowledge.
2: Um, but well, the thing is, if Toyota ever released the real FJ40 again, it would blow Jeep out of the water. Oh I mean, yeah. I, I've been in those things in situations I can't even we should have never made it out of in, in, in Colorado, right? just around here, off roading. My buddy's got a, a forty six and he's taking it all through the country. Uh, Moab, he's I mean he's off road everywhere that thing. He thinks a tank. We used to go to Assateague Island and with his forty six just winch people out all day long just fun <laughs> there to get stuck.
0: Yeah. I I wanna get the um Island Beach State Park beach pass so that I can take my, <laughs> my super on the on the beach to fish. Make sure to deflate those tires, boys. Oof, you get, Well, there's a list of things that you do need. They're, they're handing out permits now so that if you want it. Uh, I was like, ah, I want to do it so bad. The only
2: <laughs> key is, all you have to do if you have a four-wheel drive is just def- deflate the tires. If you don't deflate your tires, you're screwed. You literally yeah. take them to 18 PSI, and you're fine. Mm-hmm.
0: And we could do that's that. That's, that's not hard.
2: Um, people who get stuck are all the yahoos who... They didn't deflate their tires and they get in that soft sand and just like and you just get it down as long as your tires are deflated like if you ever go to acetique when you pull on they have like air pump stations for that exact reason so going in you, there, you deflate the tire coming back out you fill them up so and there's signs everywhere deflate your tires deflate your tires people don't do it
0: no of course not There's it's like those videos of those uh young guys that just get their licenses and they're driving on the beach wherever the heck they are. And they're in like Mercedes trucks or Lexus trucks. And they're stuck down where like, you know, in the soft sand and start shifting right into that water and somehow get swamped.
2: Uh, not they drive into the water. Like, it is, uh, like not realizing the salt water will just tear the paint off your car. Like uh, you got to wash it as soon as you're done. Just take it out and get it washed uh when i
1: was one of the times i was in costa rica uh i was surfing i i can name drop doesn't matter for this one um i was surfing marabella um which is a black sand beach and we, Mar- we were marbella marbella we were the only people on the beach uh surfing the spot a few me and a few of my friends and it was it was a really good day actually and this g-wagon pulls up completely murdered out i'm talking blacked out even windshield to the point where you can see who was in it and uh out jumps his, pace, his pasty gringo. And uh, he like pulled onto the beach, like, didn't deflate tires or anything. I remember thinking to myself, like, what is this guy doing? And he gets out and he has a, a brand new, completely like pure white, uh, like Channel Islands at the time. You know, this is 10 years ago now, but he uh, comes out and surfs. But I, I remember thinking to myself, like, he didn't deflate his tires and he has a G Wagon brand new in Central America. Like, first of all, that thing is going to get broken into. And second of all, it's <laughs> going to get stuck. And uh, I, I wasn't there when I, when, uh, when he got out of the water, but I'm, I'm always, I always thought about it. I was like, man, I, I wonder if he, if he got stuck in a G wagon on that beach where there's no one, there was no one there. Like, like we went all the way down the beach, to surf our own little be- our own little, you know, uh beach break, uh, you know, spot. And, and he came all, he drove all the way down to surf with us. <laughs> and uh, just it was so funny, man. It wasn't Tom hey, Brady. The day, like you said, it wasn't Tom Brady. Tom Brady's
2: far from a kook. His dancing skills are just just <laughs> below par. That That's what makes him kooky. He does
1: go to the beach town that I go to, and uh, I, I will not name that town. And uh,
0: <laughs> well, a few if, people if do. You uh, that, you'll, you'll find that out. I'm yeah, sure. you'll
1: find it. Quite a few Le- Le- people Le- go there. Leave, leave Streber goes there. Um, a few others. It's kind of funny. Of all the towns, you know, how it, it really has picked
0: up. It's because of all the yoga stuff, like a lot of the, yeah. I've seen that there's a lot of wives down there and they're, they're doing, you know, a lot of yeah. the famous yoga spots, was, even the yoga, the yoga, the yoga place in town here, they do a trip there and Donna goes, yeah. Hey, isn't this the place Brian goes
1: to? I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah, it is. Look at that. Um, yeah. So funny. Good for, good for Enrique. Yeah. And then he gets, uh, you know, he's getting more people coming to coming his way. Make that money, baby. Yeah, well, that was a
0: tantalizing conversation about yeah. cars, and that, cars frustrate the ever living heck out of me. Look, so, it's if I had I look.
2: to get any car I wanted right now, like the tow or anything like that, it would be a Tundra, hands down, or a Tacoma or a Tacoma. I mean, I was Toyota, just saying, I love the Tundra TRD, uh, the matte green. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I mean, there's Beautiful. a reason Toyota sponsors all these events, and, the, and most of the guys who fish. Are, are pulling their boats with ponderous I mean, you know, they're not just doing that because of the sponsors. I mean,
1: no, it's, it's controlled.
2: good Yeah. Absolutely bulletproof.
1: So Joe,
0: you, you broke your, uh, you broke your skunk a little bit this past weekend after, uh, we'll say skunk because you had a, a bad experience the weekend before two weekends ago. Oh yeah, back mm-hmm. got a lot of fish the week before too though. Well, you, did, <laughs> you did, you did, you did, but I'm saying you, you, I don't know.
2: You had you yeah, had a little bit of saying. a bad
0: taste in your mouth, so you you had to get back oh, it was, out. It was, it was
2: disgusting. It was disgusting
0: um, you crushed it, man. So you went down to the Potomac. Um, in were you in the Maryland side, or did you go out into Virginia? How far from where you are? We were north, end? so we
2: were up DC, up by DC. Okay, so we were north. Yeah, um, we they're biting. Like they were so last the week and just
0: bite is on up in Maryland. It is on here in Jersey for those of you who are bass fishermen. The guys are posting that this is just absolute crushing it out there.
2: Um, it's pretty much the throughout the country. What's I mean, the technique then? Oh, this weekend? I mean you couldn't go wrong with much. Crank throwing a crankbait, throwing finesse. You couldn't go wrong. Crankbaits, finesse, rattle trap, lipless cranks you couldn't if you found the fish there wasn't much they wouldn't bite if you got the bait in front of them they're, you know they're, they're they're pre-spawn so they're just again just eating like you wouldn't believe we weighed one fish we caught that was 12 it was like 12 and three quarters and that should be like a pound fish it was two pounds that's how much they're eating it was a two pound fish that was just over 12 inches like it has this big fat belly yeah. so I, you know the bites on. um the guy went out with, Jesse, he, he caught a, a huge one. It was probably not four, four or five pounder. which has been pretty good size for out in the Potomac lately. I don't think we put anything in the boat that, besides that one that was 12, that was two. Nothing was under two pounds. Everything we boated was two pounds or better. So another good bag. I mean, I, the weekend before, my bag would have been around 15 pounds. This one was probably around 14, 15 again. So that's that's decent for the Potomac. Now, did you use Just this weekend. as an opportunity
0: to prep for Santee Cooper?
2: A little bit. You know, Santee yeah. Cooper is going to be completely different. Wow. I mean, it, it's it's swamp living. I mean, cypress trees, fish and cypress trees, and a lot like what the Waccamaw look like. Yeah. it's going to be like. But Santee Cooper is too. It's a huge. When they say Santee Cooper, it's a huge area that encompasses. It encompasses two major lakes, Moultrie and Marion, and then the Cooper River, which runs all the way to the ocean. So hundreds of hundreds of square miles of fishing. Um, a lot of cypress trees, alligators, snakes, like Brendan was sending me pictures of crazy snakes and gators out there. But those fish, I, I'm predicting a boater is going to weigh 30 pounds. I wouldn't be surprised to see heavier, that's for five fish.
0: Yeah, you are saying that last week and I, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think um, you were saying they're, Pretty close to
2: being on beds down there, if not on beds. Um, and plus, it's a full moon Saturday night, so they say they really start spawning at the, around the fullest moon. And they say your best time there's there's guys out there that say your best time to catch a PB is when the full moon falls on the twenty seventh. Really, Ooh, the twenty? Yeah. Tactical bass and those guys, and they're they're pretty good good fishermen. They claim that you know that's you get a full moon falling around that time of the month. Some reason the bigs come out. Yeah
0: so I, I went down to the local pond here or I'll call it my my lake you called it a pond I think last week. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> right. um, you're making fun of it for the size we call it a lake here. Um, it, you started seeing um, the outlines of where the bass were going to be petting right so all along the beach section there were just like you could tell where fish had started to swirl up the the sand a little bit and the dirt a little bit um, I would say they're probably they're obviously not on bed yet. Uh, it's been nights still pretty freaking cold. It was about sixty six, I think, today. It was a beautiful day. Nice day. Uh, um, but you're you're pretty dead on if if they're doing that here you, where you are, the Potomac, and then sure enough, you know, down in the Carolinas, it's the bite is on.
2: Um, yeah, they're not on beds up here yet. Not that I've no. seen. I haven't caught a bed. Fish. Once your water gets around like sixty-eight to seventy, I would say. Now
0: they're, the, they're for there. Those, they're
2: doing those
0: for those who are unaware, can you tell me a little bit about what does it mean about fish being on bed? I think that's they're making
2: babies, so they're spawning. Go. So what happens is the males, the bucks, the male bucks will will find beds, will go up in the shallows, and then the females, female bass are always bigger, much bigger than the males. Will pick their male. And they'll make magic happen. They'll lay their eggs in that bed. And then um, the male protects them, the fry garters they call them. So the female, you know, after they're born, will kind of go back and do their thing. And the male will stay around the bed and protect the bed as a fry garter. But when you have a male and female on the bed, anything you throw into that bed or anything they perceive as a threat, they're going to either eat or try to chase away. Um especially like bluegills or brim, they hate them around their beds. And, and so what they do, pre-spawn is they eat like crazy to get their energy up to do the love dance. So They just gorge themselves on food, like absolutely gorge themselves to the point where they're just, you know, for example, in Texas, um, was it last week or two weeks ago, somebody called a lunker 13 pounds, I think it was, or 12 or 13 pounds. In, in Texas, they have this lunker program. So every fish over, I forget the size, the biologists take it, take a sample of it. And sometimes they keep them so they can reproduce with that bigger stock to make bigger fish. And the one fish was 12 pounds. And since they, that was caught before last year, pre-spawn, they, at pre-spawn, that fish was 14 pounds. So it lost two pounds wow. after spawning. So that gives you an idea how much they eat and what kind of energy they burn when they do their dance
0: that's that's good and i I appreciate you kind of giving the breakdown on that because you know a lot of people who may not be big fishermen like that like for trout they call it you know the reds right Uh, they lay those little red little eggs into the you know the areas that they're spawning yeah so you know when you're fly fishing too, this this time of year right like you can throw little egg looking flies and um everything will eat it it is, you know, delicacy for everything, and that's why also a lot of spinner, uh you know, fishermen, you know, traditional rod and reel guys, they'll put uh, those little salmon eggs that are scented on a hook and just toss it out there, and well, everything will go for it.
2: I I can tell you in Erie what they do for steelhead, rainbow trout, they uh, they catch them, they'll take their eggs. Um, if somebody catches a good one and they have eggs, and they t- I forget they call it scag or something, and they'll keep the eggs and it's like it's like a craft up there like ma sarah joe's wife's dad does this they take the eggs and they take like a little piece like netting and they'll like get the eggs in the netting and tie it so it's like a bait and you fish with those and they demolish it they eat their own eggs i mean i don't know but yeah this this is the time of year to be fishing springtime pre-spawn Spawn and even after post spawn, like right afterwards, they'll eat a ton. And then you get to that summertime where it gets a little tougher and hotter. Yeah, well, so I'll be out on 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 Thursday. So, I'm usually, not usually this time of year, normal years where you know this year the south had a cold spell, which they usually don't get normally by this time. You know, the fish are spawning, if not, you know, they're in the second or third wave, almost getting finished spawning. But this year, with the cooler temperatures, he had down there it has delayed the spawn. Like the Bass Masters just finished up today on Pickwick Lake, Pickwick, which is in Alabama, and they still weren't spawning, and they were they were quite surprised by that how late this year they you know, and they still aren't really doing it. Some fish started coming up today at the end of the tournament, but they say the range is 65 degrees to like 72, and there's where they really start going up to spawn probably closer to 68 once you get that magical temperatures really really start seeing them on the beds and then the other magical temperatures like water temps from like 54 to that to that range because that's like when they'll really start eating to start moving up from their winter habitat and just start gorging on bait
0: so, so for for someone who's going out let's say like me here in jersey going out thursday midday is is the goal to use, like you were saying, pretty much anything, crankbaits? Uh, moving baits that match the baits. Forge. And then
2: where am I targeting them? Shallows? Kind of that big column? So, so if you have an idea where they're going to spawn at, like if you find spawning areas, they'll usually set up. Like So most spawning areas are bays with sandy bottoms or rocky bottoms. And then the, the bays will have those points, you know, you'll find points in the bay. They usually set up there coming in from the deep water. They'll set up at the points or off the points waiting to move up. But, but basically what they're doing is they're moving from like, let's say we're on a river system and lake system, So you know, lakes here, rivers here, they'll move from the deeper parts to the points towards the shallows, getting ready to go into the shallows. So like, it like your lake. You know, Where everybody say safe, just for instance, they're spawning where everybody sun bays at, you know, in that, in that yeah. area, you would want to find kind of a point near there or like the drop off near there, and they should be setting up there. Brian's, like we Brian's looking like Potomac. he wants to go look at that. <laughs> So, where we were catching Potomac, we know where this spawning bay is. Some of us know where this one spawning bay is, and it's a bigger bay and it at the entrance of the bay there's this point and the point has breakwater coming but it's also got to stop where the breakwater stops there's a deeper hole and they're just sitting all in there just waiting getting ready to go up the shallows and and spawn so all right well you you, you heard it here everyone
0: joe that that's
2: um invaluable information i think it's um but points can also be like people say like points you think like points like land points but also, underwater points like if you have Navionics, it will show like the underwater points with those lines, you know. Yeah. Like, they'll set up there too. Like any natural kind of point.
0: Well, Navionics
2: hasn't mapped my lake, unfortunately. So that's. <laughs> I mean, we could
0: write them a letter and tell them. We should. Well, I don't want. That. I think because it's a private lake, they don't. Um, a lot of the t- lakes might. around here, they don't. Um, but I did. I did find the Lunker Lake uh, here in Jersey we drove by it we were headed out into pa the other day and um i was like holy cow that's it man I, like it never looked for it you and i had talked about it a couple times uh it's out by the gap and i think that's that's on the list man that's on the list on the canoe
2: i would be going there and just bombing i mean this time here yeah. if it's not far from your house this is a big lake
0: it's not, it's not really that big. At least it doesn't look that big. Okay. Um, and you know, what's crazy to me is, you know, I, once again,
2: I think I, I've seen video of that lake,
0: but not many people talk about it. Like you look on these forums, no one's talking about fishing there. Um, and, and it's prominent. I'm not going to name drop it because that's not what we do, but you know, you, you, you go on the fish and wildlife website. It's like prominently named there as being the Lunker Lake or one of the Lunker Lakes in New Jersey. And it's, you know, maybe as a crow flies 30 minutes from here, so it's not not bad, right? Like it's doable. I mean, we fly, where we fly fish is, you know going up to about an hour away sometimes, right? Depending upon which stretch of that we do. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would gladly do a half hour. When I go to the Muskie Lake that I like um, that I have to hit now that it's starting to be that shoulder season. Once again, Um, that is an hour and 15 minutes away and it's technically closer. So uh, Lunker Lake is definitely
2: on that list. I drive, you know, for me to go to Potomac, I drive an hour. It could be anywhere from an hour and 15 minutes to four hours, depending on traffic.
0: Uh,
2: And people consider that my home, I guess it is my home river. I mean, I, I always thought more of the upper bay. That's 40 minutes away, but people associate me more with the Potomac. I guess I'm out there more. Man, I'll, now, here's, you know. here's the Anybody's question. Anybody who's going to put... fish the Potomac, the Potomac is probably one of the hardest bodies in the water. Well, you were saying
0: you were saying that the Potomac may have
2: been destroyed, right?
0: Have yeah. you? you we, we've talked about that a little bit. You talked about it earlier in the podcast. Um, was this last trip any indication that maybe it's coming back?
2: After the it's tough to the say game? it's tough to say because it you know years prior I mean, there were just so many good fish and you're just catching them so much and it just seems like last year this it was so off i mean crazy off i mean when you're seeing tournaments with boaters winning with like three fish there's something way wrong and the weights i mean you can see from other tournaments the weights have declined it, it's it's kind of tough like you know, for what we caught last weekend, I would have thought we would have caught a whole lot more. And I still, in the past two weekends, I've caught good bags there. But I've heard from at least four or five other guys who are out in the same days, not catching anything. Well, um, yeah. with the Potomac, you got to remember the Potomac is surrounded by a lot of urban area. I mean, yeah. a lot. D.C. I mean, that's a major metropolitan area. Uh, and And you'll see a lot of trash in there. You know, especially when you start going more up north, it's almost like a line you come to where you start seeing all the trash and this and that. And there was a uh, sewage running in there. They found a lot ran into there, and there's that huge trash island. I sent you that that article I linked to. It's not just my Facebook. You know, some something something last year was off, and it wasn't the amount of people out there because the Potomac gets you know the kayak thing is a new thing but the the kayakers don't get out into the potomac's a huge river you know they don't get out into the big river system they usually stay back in man creek or they'll go out to Mallows bay or or these other creeks because you just can't take a kayak out you know i mean i guess you could if you have a death wish or i, I so it in know, weekend, back in man. i don't know Like, back in, like, Man and Woman, you know, that was one thing last year. Back in Man and Woman, we'd be out there and be, like, 400 kayakers just filling the place up. So, back there, yeah, to me, that was kind of an issue because, like, God, there's so many kayakers out there. It it, it was mind-boggling at times. But, you know, like I said, it the Potomac, you know, with D.C. there, major metropolitan area, a lot of stuff gets into that water. And I, I think there's something that that happened that definitely had some effect on the on the fishing last year yeah well, because if... like even like like um the James River I caught at the regionals 200 fish like no I'm not kidding you 200 bass that's how healthy the place was but they were all 12 inchers you know just they're going to go up to the big ones like I had one day like that last year in the Potomac where I caught like 40 fish and everyone was under 13 inches but it, it was just very, very strange last year, and a lot of other people I've heard say the same thing. Like, there's, there's something there that that that's causing this. In you no, know, I don't think it really had much more fishing traffic last year. Maybe I'm well, not necessarily just
0: saying fishing traffic. I think you know when when you talk about remote waters, that's a problem. Like places where Brian yeah. and I fly fish. The when you increase that traffic even by 10%, I think that causes a significant issue, right? Um, when you talk about structure changing, that you know their whole habitat has changed overnight. And then in, in shallow water, when we're talking in some pools that are like two to three feet deep, it now goes down to six inches. That's detrimental to the oh, yeah. environment for the fish. Now, when you're talking about also in some of these places, there, there are mountain streams near residential areas. People are doing you know, landscaping, they're, you know, putting fertilizer down, that's changing the pH levels in the water, you know, not to get preachy on environmental things, but like, there's other things definitely that are going on, on a major river system, like, you know, the Potomac, that's a whole, like, you're dealing with multi, you know, cities, multi-states, you're talking about a whole plethora of problems, you have runoff from other waterways, um, you know, the small little tributaries in there. So it, it, I could imagine there being significant problems um, with that. I do, um, I wanted to ask Brian a quick question. He did, there you go. Um, so Brian, you, you did see, you know, we were talking a little bit about the, the Passaic River, right? Um, and I, I think Passaic River to me kind of, it's not as vast as the Potomac. But it has similar problems to the Potomac, right? Um, now you went. Did we go? Did we go last year before the lockdown to the Passaic? I know I went during the lockdown. I um, remember? And, and in those spots where we used to catch bass constantly, so I went in the heat of summer. It was nothing, and you know I don't think it was a pressure issue. I think that there's other things going on. There's a lot more construction going along
1: um, the. Passaic river there Road, roadway construction remember so like they they are constantly testing it because all the super sites in new jersey and uh the the sections that we fish are actually not part of the super site areas um so w- you know they, they don't they don't test any of the you know everyone always says agent orange but that's not really what's in it but they, they don't see any of those heavy metals in that in that water up where we fish but down, down it's river, cautious. let's say, you know, yeah, even, even, even a little closer, right? It, it rolls from, um, let's say, let's say from, from Little Fall, uh, you know, the Little Falls, the actual falls themselves down uh, is where things start to get a little more, uh, you know, they test heavier. And it makes me think that, you know, I, and I know that the Potomac had similar issues with the, with the heavy metals and the super sites dumping in there through you know let's say through the industrial age of america but th- they did a big push to clean them out so i wonder like you said uh if the recent construction had something to do with it i mean almost every roadway in new jersey right now has some kind of heavy construction going on so all that debris and soot and whatever is going to the waterways i'm sure it's the same down south um especially specific waterways like Lake like the Passaic or let's say the uh i don't know what's another hack Hackensack, yeah. Raritan. I wonder yeah. what happened. I wonder what happened to the stripers in Hackensack or or the you know the big brown trout in the Raritan. I bet I bet they had issues this year. It's, I'm curious. It's it sucks. It really does because you know I, I like like Joey said. I when I think of Joey fishing for bass, I think about him fishing the Potomac,
2: and it sucks that the water waterway is taking a hit. It's just weird because there was a. Sl- I mean, there's definitely. I mean, the Potomac was always known as like a world-class fishery. And, and last year, just, it just didn't show out. And it, it could be just a fluke year, you know? Yeah. It, it could really be a fluke year. I mean, the two times – no, you got to take into the effect that it's spring. I'm fishing the best time to be out there right now. The past two weekends has been good. But like I said, I've heard from a lot of guys who are out there. You know, they weren't getting them. I'll get messages like, oh – where were you catching them? Well, what were you catching them You know, they're just not catching them. Hmm. And you know, we fished a few spots where they should be, and they weren't there. I mean, one thing we did see was a lot of goldfish. That was the first I've ever seen, like a massive goldfish. Like it scared the shit out of me because it surfaced. This thing was like this big. I'm like, what the hell is that? The guy's well, like, oh, that's a goldfish. I'm like, Geez. yeah. I think they tell you to kill them if you can't get them, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I was so. trying to snag the thing to kill it because yeah. we, we found this spot and there's just, you could see on the side scan, the front scan, just tons of shad, like tons of shad, all different yeah. size. Like the shad was like, one shad was like this big. he My buddy snagged, but all different size. And you, there were all these catfish eating them, and then there was like the, the goldfish. Now, you, you, and that goldfish was just Snagging so shad or snagging the goldfish? The shag, shad. Because what happens is if you throw a bait out there and you're reeling it in and it looks like a shad, They'll school up on it, like thinking it's another shad, and you'll you'll snag them. And he snagged one. I mean, yeah. fourteen inches. I mean, it's huge. Hmm. Well, they're about huge to shad.
0: run up the uh the old Delaware.
2: But the goldfish that's was bad. just demolishing them. Like you could see it, like just surfacing. And this thing was so fat, like it couldn't get out of the water. It was like, like the belly was just coming up. Like, you know, that's what happens when you release your goldfish in the waterways they get effing humongous mm-hmm. uh, i would love uh, to catch one <laughs> dude, <laughs> you you would have freaked out you would have freaked out and been trying to catch anything I, I, it was huge like it startled me because I, I didn't realize they had that problem there like i've never seen them out there you know i've always heard people say they're there and yeah. I saw this big thing that was orange come up. I'm like, what the hell was that? There's no orange fish in here. It was like bre- like blood red almost color. And lo and behold, it was a ginormous goldfish. So funny. Yeah. Well, Something like that. And when you see the size of it, you can imagine how much it's eating. I got to Google that size. I got to look up goldfish in the Potomac and see what I can find.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: just just Google goldfish in river, like people that go monsters monsters well, listen, they say goldfish will grow as big as the area their yeah but they but they're like
0: we liken them to almost being like carps, right so when you go and you see we'll choose choose any pond in any town here in new jersey and there's carp sometimes you look in the in the pond and you're looking at the carp and you're like is that a goldfish in there and yeah. they are some crazy colored, and they're not like the grass carp they're not like some of the other ones but they do look mm-hmm. like goldfish um but i i never seen one that's been so massive that it has taken me aback i'll say um brian did you find out if that pond by
1: you has has carp uh yes they have carbon bass okay actually...
2: you, you're right re- you're ready to uh share screen real quick sorry yeah, to interrupt you Brian. no worries let me do this right, there it is share screen. let me blow this up hold on one second Oh man, that's crazy! Do you see that thing? Yeah. You see unreal. this one? This what I mean, it's humongous. Yeah. It, a it startled every living, every living hell out of me. Like I, I, couldn't believe it. All right, let me stop sharing.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, but you said Brian, they they do have carp and bass. Yeah, they have carp and bass. I I I caught a caught a little smallmouth on a on a fly when when I when I went there one morning, um, I was just, was like, oh, I want to see if there's any fish in here. I always see kids fishing in there and, uh, I never seem to catch anything, but I, 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 when I went running there one time, saw the, I could see the carp from, you know, from, from the track. And then, uh, you would see them jumping for, you know, for bugs, the, uh, the, the bass. So I don't, I don't know how big they would get, but, uh, the, the pond's been there forever and I don't think they drain it. So let's go. Who knows when, when you're free to go carping for on a fly.
2: Yeah, let's, let's it. try
0: it out. it will be fun.
2: We got things are mean. Yeah, and um, they get big.
0: I'm ga- I'm game. It just looks so much fun, man. Uh, I I've gotten to a point. I said to Brian yesterday, like it, trout fishing. I love trout fishing, but I'm at the like I'm losing my patience. Like you know when you have a skunk for so long and you just the weight of the world feels like it's on your shoulders and you're like I just need to break this damn skunk. Well, that's mm-hmm. where I am with trout fishing because I have not you know caught a trout in a few months and um, I've been going you know a handful of times not as much as i'd like to because i've been busy with other things but um you know using the right stuff matching the hatch you know using stealth and everything like that i'm like you know what screw it it's getting warm out i'm going after other species and i'm ready to do this so when you're ready brian i'm ready this weekend even we can take the canoe out and go to the lake and do some bassing if you're interested Um, this is the
2: time to be doing the bass boys you're gonna get nice weather this weekend
0: Ooh, baby um, but I think that's uh, about it, gents. We are coming up to right. an hour of filming. I appreciate both of your time. Always. Joe, Joe's Thanks going for to joining us, Joseph. Yeah,
2: Joe, hopefully give, uh, you enjoyed your crap. Oh, dude. So good. Steak was better. <laughs> well, oh, the last right. minute was like, oh, we're going to Bluestone. I'm like, all right. I'm, I'm in.
0: Yeah, I can't complain about that one. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk later this week.